Okay. Praise God. Welcome. Um, there are some notes for this morning. Um, there is, uh, if you didn't get any notes when you came in, um, I'm sure that our hosts will get some into your hands if uh, you let them know that you haven't got any. Um, there are some questions in the, uh, the notes uh, this morning. Um, those notes are just simply as a prompter for you during the week to uh, dig a little bit deeper into God's Word and to hear what He's saying to you personally and to just enjoy uh, His presence as He speaks to you and encourages you from those, uh, those questions. So just want to encourage you with those notes this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence right now. I thank you that you are Lord above all and that you're glorious in every way. And I pray that as I speak this message, that you would implant your word within us, that hope would arise and that we would live truly a resurrection life, the life that you've called us to live, the life that you've called us to witness to. And Father, I thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, lives will change, families will change, workplaces will change today. I thank you, Lord God, that our community is going to change because of the name of Jesus being upheld over it, Lord God, right across the Adelaide Hills the name of Jesus being emblazoned across it, Lord. Let your glory be seen right now, in this day, in this age, in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. You know how sometimes uh, you can, uh, you, you're about to talk about something and you just like a word of confirmation about some stuff? You know, like uh, this morning that happened to me. Uh, I know you find that hard to believe, but... I just, you know, sometimes you can, you're about to preach a message and you're thinking, is this right? You know, I've done everything I can to prepare. I've done hours of, of, of preparation and, and, and things of that nature. And you just still have this sort of this lingering sort of question in your, in your heart to, uh, to say, is this the message that I really need to preach this morning? So I got up this morning, I put on uh, um, my iPad with the, the latest uh, Hillsong album on it, There Is More. And the first song that it comes up is the message I'm preaching this morning. Okay, that's, that, that, that's pretty good. So then what I sometimes do on a Sunday morning as well is I also flick off uh, an encouraging message to various pastors and leaders around uh, the nation that I know and just want to encourage them. I flicked one off to uh, Steve and Sally McCracken this morning and I just felt God saying to them that, you know, that they're going to bring people into freedom, they're going to bring people into life. And he flicks me back a message, he says, that's really good. I'm, and I'll read you exactly what he said. He says, uh, I'm preaching this afternoon and Father wants me to share with them that it's all about their callings to step into freedom <laughs> and to help people stay in freedom. I was starting to get the message. I was starting to get the message. I thought, that's, that's all right. Oh, that's pretty good. And then we come to church and Christiane's first song is talking about freedom. <laughs> now, I haven't conspired with anybody. I haven't said, look, can you just you know, give me some encouragement here? And I'll, you know, feed me some stuff, you know, like it's really good. Um, it's just God. I, I, I know this is a God message this morning. So rather than talk about a God message, I'll just give you the God message. So everyone said amen, bless Jesus. So welcome to uh, the second part of a series of messages. I don't know how long this is going to go for. I just feel some things on my heart. And until those things stop, this is going to be a part of the message and this series. So the series is called The Resurrection Life. 
And it's come about simply because of reading about what Paul said to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. It says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much. I love that. He loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And I had started to ask myself some questions. What does this life look like? You know, um, what is this life supposed to be like? You know, I, I'm not sure the sort of life that it, we're supposed to live. So when Paul says this, that there, he's given us life when he raised Christ from the dead, I, I naturally lean towards saying, well, what sort of life are you asking me to live? And I believe that as we start to unfold some things, about living a resurrection life, that we can start to understand that that's what God wants to do in and through us. If there's one thing I know about God, that it's the the resurrection life that he's talking about or the life that he's given us is so much more than we could ever think, dream of, imagine, or even contemplate in life. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, no eye has seen... No ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I love that about God. He's full of surprises. He's, he's so much stronger and more powerful than we ever give him credit for. He's so much more loving than we ever are. Praise God. So this morning we're going to continue with part two about uh, resurrection life. Last week I spoke about uh, living in faith every day because I want to use the word life l-i-f-e and sort of like bring some things out of it so living in faith every day and this morning I want to talk about living in freedom every day because I think that's a huge part of living a resurrection life that there is this freedom that Christ has given to us that you know he set us free he set you free he set me free And you might say to yourself this morning, set free from what? Well, many of us have been set free from bondages, strongholds, mindsets that have held us captive for years. Many of us have maybe been set free from addictions, alcohol, gambling, pornography, control, gossip, so much more. So you can be addicted to gossip, addicted to to control. Many of us have been set free from sickness, illness, and disease. Some are still stuck in some of those things. But I want to tell you this morning, there's good news. Turn to the person next to you and say, there is good news. Jesus has set us free. Jesus is the truth and his word is truth. It's the word of God. In John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32, it says this. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In John chapter 8, verse 36, he says, If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. If Jesus sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Now, I want to talk about this word indeed, just for a moment, just for a brief moment. 
Now, I know that in the context of this passage here, this verse, that it's a word used to make an exclamation point. It's saying, you're going to be free indeed. Bang, that's it, baby. That's it. You know, you're going to be free, truly free. It's, it's like an exclamation mark. It's a word that's making a point. But I want us to look at that word. Jesus set us free indeed. In a deed. He set us free because of what he did. There was an act that he performed, an act that he did that set us free. Of all the words that we could use to make an exclamation point, this one talks about making a, a deed, doing a deed that's, that's brought about freedom for us. And to me, I'm thinking, wow, simple deed that, that, that Jesus did for us set us free. It was in a deed. Think about it. Our freedom came through an act that Jesus did on our behalf. Jesus performed a deed to purchase our freedom. Jesus set us free in a deed. If the, in the deed of going to the cross and of being crucified for our sins, Jesus paid the price for our redemption, for our freedom. In a deed, we've been set free from the punishment and the wrath of God. When the enemy comes and tries to condemn us of our sin or behavior, we can point to the deed and say it's been paid for. There it is. It was on the cross. To be free is to be set at liberty, to, uh, to be released from any restriction or confinement as opposed to being in bondage or slavery. The enemy wants to keep us in bondage. He wants to keep us in slavery. And Jesus came to, to give us life, a resurrection life. We've been called to live in freedom. Did you know that this morning? Galatians 5 verse 13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Jesus has called us to live in freedom. You've been called to live in freedom. And then he goes on and says, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The resurrection life is living in freedom every day. What have you been freed from? We've been freed from religion. I no longer have to try and earn my way into salvation. Because Jesus has done it already. I don't have to try and uh, work my way out. I don't have to try and earn God's love. He just loves me. I don't have to try and earn my healing or my salvation. It's, it's there for us to take a hold of already. It's freely available. Galatians 5.1 says, Christ, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. In other words, the resurrection life is not about living a religious life by fulfilling the law, but about walking in the life of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live in an everyday life because in freedom every day because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has already fulfilled the law. He walked in the complete fulfillment of the law. We've, we, we can have freedom from sin. We've been set free from sin and death. We're no longer bound or held prisoner by sin. We've been released. Romans chapter 8 verses 1 to 2. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. We don't have, we're free from sin and death. Whew. 
Contrary to popular opinion, we didn't get early release uh, from prison for our good behavior. We got early release, we got freed because of Christ's good behavior. Romans 6, verses 6 to 7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. What does that mean? It says the, what that means is that his death is my death. His resurrection is my resurrection and his life is my life. Because by faith we are believing what Jesus has done was on our behalf. So when he died, I died. Does that make sense? We're no longer slaves to sin. We're sons and daughters of the king. We're no longer sinners. We're saints. We're no longer dead. Now we're alive in Christ. So when we find ourselves believing and saying things like, I'll never break free of this addiction. I can't do this anymore. I can't stop doing that. I can't forgive that person or myself for what's happened. Stop. Stop. Stop declaring a victory by the enemy over your life. Instead, memorize and declare the victory that Jesus has won on our behalf instead. You might say, but I can't memorize Scripture. Well, that's really strange because you have no problem in believing, memorizing and declaring all of the negative, derogatory and false things that you believe about yourself or that the enemy whispers in your ear. And we say, I can't memorize scripture, but you've, you've memorized all those things because you've spoken them so, so often to yourself. You've memorized, you've repeated them over and over. You've dwelt on them. And is it any wonder that our lives start to shape up and conform to what we truly believe about ourselves because we haven't memorized or got the Word of God and what the Spirit of God is saying to us through the Word of God into our spirit and we start to live according to that. That's a whole new sermon. This is why you know, we've got to get the Word of God into us. What if we gave ourselves to thinking about and reading about and studying and declaring and praying the Word of God? What if we did that? What if we gave ourselves to developing our walk with God and intimacy with the Holy Spirit? What if we did that with our lives? What could our families look like? What could our marriages look like? What could our schools look like? What could our community look like? What would your workplace look like? If you walked in there in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing exactly who God has created you to be and to be who God has called you to be in your workplace. Your boss would notice a difference in you. Your employees would notice a difference in you. Your husband, your wife would notice a difference in you. What if we did that? John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32 says this, To the Jews who believed in Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, if you hold to my teaching, everyone say, if I hold, Hold to his teaching, then I re- I'm really his disciples. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. What if we held on to the word of God above any other word? What if we held on to the word of God and let go of what someone said to us years ago?
Some of us are holding on to stuff that people have said to us years and years ago. We won't let it go because it, you know, we just, I don't know, there's some macabre satisfaction that we get out of beating ourselves up. We've got to let go of that stuff and move on and start to declare what God has said and hold to what he says about our lives, what he says our lives can be like, what he says he's going to raise up in our lives. What if we held on to the word of God instead of that little voice in our head that pulls us down and demeans us and belittles us and undermines us at every turn? It's time we believed and declared and lived and held on to what God says. How about if we actually memorize this passage? In your notes, you've got this. Let's say this, this passage out together. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, let's say it all together, same time, out loud, like we believed it. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. I can do this because Christ lives in me. I can do this because I've got the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I can do this because the Word of God is in my heart and in my life. This is doable, not because I can do it, but because Christ is in me. I'll get excited in a minute. I know what. How about we personalize the Word of God for us? There's a thought. Oh my goodness. How about if we personalize 2 Corinthians 5.21? You know when you mess up and, and you, me- like you, you, you fall, you, you sin, you do whatever it is that you, know, you, just, you just know you've mucked up. You can stand before God the Father in the righteousness of Christ because Jesus, God the Father doesn't see your sin. He sees the righteousness of Christ. So when we mess up and blow it, Rather than begging and crawling for forgiveness, Father, I thank you that I am the righteousness of Christ. Thank you that I am the righteousness of Christ. You don't see my sin, you see Jesus. You see Jesus. You see Jesus. We don't have to feel guilty about that. This has already been made available to us because of what Christ did at Calvary in a deed. God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for me so that in him I might become the righteousness of God. That's why it talks about, um, don't quote me, but it's in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians or Colossians. It's one of those books. I've read it this week, trust me. (laughs) But it says that he nailed the accusations against us. Colossians, thank you, I've got it on the front row. He nailed the accusations to his cross and made a public spectacle so that they cannot come against us anymore. So when the enemy comes to you and he says, you just messed up big time and I'm going to hold that against you. You know, you're a filthy, rotten sinner. No, you need, all you need to do is say, look, I'm going to point to the cross right now because that's my redemption. That's my salvation. He paid the price. You need to look at that. that my, the price of that sin is paid already. It's been paid in full. It's been rubber stamped. In the blood of Jesus. In a deed. 
in a deed. See, I believe and confess and declare today that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Have you ever caught yourself saying some stuff? Here's some things that you you might like to think about. We say it's impossible. God says all things are possible. This this stuff's in your notes, so you I know you're madly writing notes down and saying, Oh, I've got to catch up with this stuff. It's already in your notes, okay? Freebie from me to you. We say, Nobody really loves me. God says, I love you. We say, I can't do it. God says, You can do all things. We say, I can't forgive myself. God says, I forgive you. We say, I can't manage. And God says, I'll supply all your needs. We say, I'm afraid. And God says, That's not of me. Because I didn't give you a spirit of fear. We say, I'm not smart enough. God says, I'll give you wisdom. Just ask. We say, I feel alone. And God says, I will never, I will never leave you or forsake you. See, I'm rejoicing right there. At least, I'll pay that young man later, I'll tell you. There's good value right there. Living the resurrection life will mean for many of us that we'll have to reform how we think and believe who we are and what God has called us to be and to do. See, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 out of the Passion Translation says this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a reformation or reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. See, God's will is God's word. Okay, We have an opportunity to reform how we think through the word of God. This is why we need to live in faith every day, Because it takes faith to reform the way we think to live a resurrection life and to live in freedom every day. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 3 says, Since God has raised you to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. What does this mean for us? It means that if we're thinking constantly about the earth and the here and the now, we've lost sight of the eternal. Because the eternal is far more important than the here and the now. Because you're going to spend more in eternity than you are on the here and the now. I've said this before, openly and publicly, one of the greatest messages that I heard about the here and the now and the eternal stuff that goes on was a message by Pastor Keith, the dash of your life where he, he spoke about having the, the, uh, a, a headstone and it has the, has the day of our birth, the date of our birth, and then the date of our death on it, and there's a dash in between that represents our life. We've got to make sure that that dash counts for everything we possibly can. That will be available after the service. In <laughs> Copyright. Think about the reality of our lives in Christ, things above and not beneath. Think about the things of eternal value and significance. We've died to this life and we come to live a resurrection life, the life of Christ. We can live in freedom every day. Psalm 119 verses, verse 45 says this. I love this. Let's say this verse out together. You've got it in your notes. Let's say it together. I will walk with you in complete freedom for I seek to follow your every command. Have you thought about this? You may not if I have, so let me do the thinking for you this morning. 
we can follow because God's word, his command, has already gone ahead of us. We are following his command, following his command. His command has already been given. We are following in behind what God is already doing. God is already doing something. He's already ordained a divine appointment. You're just following out into the community to hear him and to do what he says. God's already got that person's healing lined up because you are following, you are going. Go, therefore, into all the world. And as you go, talk about me, witness about me, speak about me, lay hands on the sick. See, and I thought about this this morning as well as, as we were talking, uh, singing and worshipping and that, is that God tells us these things when we're in his presence. He's there with us. We're not going off alone and leaving Jesus behind. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. He will be with you. In fact, he talks to us from beyond time. He talks to us from eternity. He knows the end from the beginning. So when he tells us to go forth and to follow, and to, to, to follow his commands, it's because he's from the, on the, other, the, the finished part of that, that command. And he's saying, come on, Gary. Come on, Gary. You can do this, Gary. I believe in you, Gary. Just, just touch that person. Speak to that person. Reach out to that person. Give that word of encouragement. And as we do that, we bring freedom. We walk in freedom. I will walk with you in complete freedom, for I seek to follow your every command. To walk in freedom requires that we walk with God in relationship together, walking together close enough to hear his voice as he speaks to us and responding to him as a loving son and daughter about what he says to do. We follow his every command, not because we have to, but because we delight to to please the one who gave us everything. I don't have to do anything. I get to do some stuff. I get to give to God. I get to serve God. 2 Corinthians 3.74, the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You're a walk and talk and freedom stop. The resurrection life is, is living in freedom every day. We've been freed from small thinking and from the power of sin and death. We've been freed from sickness and disease, and we are living in, in an abundance and a health and, and beyond our wildest dreams. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7 says this. But when that era came to an end and the time of fulfillment had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the written law. Yet all of this was so that he would redeem and set free all those held hostage to the written law so that we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as his children. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, my father, you're our true father. Now you're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy God's being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we have access, we can access everything our Father has for we are one with Jesus Christ. Now I want to tell you something that you might find hard to believe, but everything that Jesus has is ours. Everything that Jesus has access to and has been given because of what he did is ours. We've been adopted in the same family. The Bible says it. It's 
A freedom that Jesus paid for with his very own life in a deed only he could do. Today we can say that his resurrection is my resurrection and his life is my life. The resurrection life is simply living in faith every day and it's living in freedom every day. What will you do with your life of freedom and faith? In two weeks' time, I'm going to come back. I might come back next week as well, but definitely will the week after to preach the message, living in fruitfulness every day. Because we need faith to live in freedom, and we're going to use our freedom to be fruitful. Amen? Let's stand. Just uh, adopt an attitude of, of prayerfulness, please. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Just want to do some business this morning. Just between you and God. And uh, I'm not going to actually ask you to respond to stuff this morning. Because I want you to dig deep into yourself and without the fear of anyone looking around and saying, oh, look, he put his hand up, she put his hand up. Did you hear that? She put his hand No, don't worry. I, I th- want you to just drill down on some stuff this morning. If there are areas in your life this morning that you know you're not free in, you've tried everything, you've tried self-discipline, having a strong will, but it still hasn't broken that bondage, that area of your life that you feel enslaved to. And this morning, I feel that there's freedom in the air. I I feel like God wants to set you free. He's already done it over 2,000 years ago. But for you to walk from this place absolutely free, living in the power of the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God to back you up, using maybe the, the sermon notes this week, when you start to have those attacks, when you start to have those, those areas of your life, when they start to consume you again, you say to the enemy, no, right now, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me and loves me. I can stand against any onslaught of the enemy because Christ lives in me. Right now, just in however fashion that you feel that you need to just surrender that area of your life once more ask God by his spirit to come in and to strengthen you in this area ask God to give you a word search out the word of God for something that you can use as a sword of the spirit to fight with to uphold that freedom that Christ has already purchased for you Father, in the name of Jesus, would you bring to people's minds Scripture? Would you bring to people's mind your Word? Would you bring to people's mind what you say about their circumstance and their situation now? Would you quicken them in their spirit and in their heart to bring about a heavenly release of strength and power, of anointing, of presence, 
into that area of people's lives so that they can walk free. They can open the door and walk out and close the door behind and never go down that road again. In the name of Jesus, I release freedom over everybody here today. I release freedom over you. I release freedom over your mind. I release freedom over words from your past. I release freedom over things that were done to you in your past. In Jesus' name, you're no longer subject or bound by those things in the name of Jesus. Over abuse, I just release forgiveness and and release a freedom from guilt and shame over your life this morning. I release freedom over you. I release freedom over you. In the name of Jesus this morning. Just while people are in this attitude of prayer, I don't know everybody here this morning and I don't know where you stand in so far as eternity is concerned. But I want to give you an opportunity to walk into the absolute freedom that Jesus purchased on the cross at Calvary for you and for me. Many people in this room have yielded and surrendered their lives to Jesus to walk in his freedom. We recognize our need of the forgiveness of sin. And only Jesus could truly forgive us of our sin. And you've heard me talk about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you found yourself here this morning. Maybe you don't know how you got here. Maybe you do. Maybe you've never yielded your life to Christ. It seems strange to give your life to someone to find freedom. Well, how's freedom working for you without Jesus so far? Right now, if you would like to give your life to Christ, if you just want to open up your heart and say, Jesus, I've tried it my way, it's not working. I'm going to give you a go. I want to give my life to you this morning. Come in, be my Lord and Savior. Bring me into freedom, complete and eternal. I believe that you died for my sin and that you rose again on the third day. Is anyone here this morning who would like to give you light? You've never done it before. This morning you just feel like you just got to do that. Is there anyone here this morning? Just put your hand up because I want to pray for you. Uh, that, I just feel like you, know, you just need to give us a, a signal as to your, your intention to do that. We've got some things here to give to you, some gifts. I could never give you a gift like eternal life. That's what Jesus will give you this morning. Is there anyone here this morning who just want to give your life to Christ? Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Be glorified, be honored in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.